Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dafa Shavua as we study Mesechus Yivamis Daf Gimel today. Again, our focus is Halachalamasa. As I mentioned last week, I'll include, at least for the first several Shiurim, some introductory comments that will make the rest of the Mesechta much easier, both in general, but especially as we apply Halachalamasa. And I received a number of questions that we will address today including something I did not discuss last week, whether we have such a concept of Yibum or Chalitza Bizman Hazeh. As we'll see, the answer is yes. We'll just have to define exactly what that yes means. The one uh, interesting comment, many interesting comments, but one comment that I heard from several of you is really the shocking Chiddush of this whole concept of Yibum, that you are allowed to marry an Eishas Ach. In Eishasach is the general principle, is that counted in the Arayos that we mentioned in Achrimos and Parshas Kedoshim, amongst the many Arayos, which is a terrible thing to have relations to marry someone who you're prohibited from. And when I say marry in the secular realm, big question in any of these situations, will the Kedushim be chal? You do have one of the arayas when a wife is a nida, but that's not the general category that we're addressing. So the assumption is the kiddushin is not chal. It's not even a marriage at all. But in this situation of yibum, just so we reinforce this over and over again, your brother's wife, who in generally is considered to be one of the arayas, in English they call that incest, is now mutter to you actually obligated to you, and to get out of it, you would have to do a chalitza. But this is not meant, God forbid, to undermine the significance of arayas. It's the only exception to the rule. I pointed out last week, the opposite extreme, of course, would be having yibum with a daughter, which we probably don't need to explain is absolutely prohibited, but also all the other varieties that we saw listed in the Mishnah, and there are actually six others as well. How exactly the Torah is able to get us to such an exceptional rule? So we have to understand that very often, and I'm explaining this conceptually, but it could help understand uh, halachos without exactly giving the same case. Shabbos, it's absolutely prohibited to do a milah if not for the fact that the Torah tells us by Yom HaShmini, you do a mila. There'll be certain situations where a mila would be restricted, even on Shabbos. My point is, is that you have this concept throughout Torah law where something on the surface seems to be absolutely prohibited, not to the same extreme as Arayos and Eishas Ach, but in a halachic universe, it's prohibited. And then you have an assay that pushes it off. Now this gets us, I'm going to go a little bit out of order, to a concept that comes up on the end, at the end of Daf Gimel Amin Beis. It'll continue uh, for a while, Daf Dala, etc., is this general principle of assay dochelos assay. Assay dochelos assay. This is a principle that allows in certain situations, restricted situations, a negative commandment, a negative mitzvah, to be superseded by a mitzvah's asseh. 
Now, this doesn't work all the time. The reason why you're allowed to do a meal on Shabbos is not because of the special Bayom Hashmini. I mean, it's special Asei Docholos Asei. It's because the Pasuk says it. Because one of the exceptions to Asei Docholos Asei, there are many, is if there's a Los Asei Chumrah, a stringent type of Los Asei, such as violating Shabbos. So therefore, you need a special Pasuk. The prototype of Asei Docholos Asei is actually the mitzvah of Tzitzis, where according to Torah law, the tzitzes could be from a linen garment, and you have tcheles from wool that is put on. So you have an assay of tzitzes being docha, the los assay of shatnas. There are also a number of other examples, especially in the realm of mitzora. We actually have one this coming Shabbos here in Chutzlaritz. We read Parshas Naso, and a person who is gets a ras and happens to also be a nazir is going to be forced to shave the entire body, which is violating a losase of not being able to shave certain areas. And the ase of the requirement of shaving for the mesorah is going to supersede the losase. I'm just giving you the nausea application, but it applies in other areas as well. The way this brings us back to Mesechus Yuvamos is this happens to be one of the key sugyas for the discussion, but our Gemara says that the reason, or at least gives you a half amina, is that the reason why, and let's assume, Bizman Hazet, so we get to the second part of the shear, that Ruvain passes away. Shimon now wants to marry Ruvain's wife in order to satisfy a Yibum situation. How's that possible? Asay of Yibum, Docha the Los Asay. But the Gemara is going to say that's not going to be enough of a reason. It's allowed, but it's allowed for the other reasons that are going to be established in the Psukim, Gezer Shava, etc., because we're dealing over here with such a strict Los Asay of Eishasach, when you're dealing with the Arayos, there's no way in the world we're going to say, Asei Docha Los Asei. That's how it ends up coming into the situation. The reason why I'm bringing it at the outset of the Shir is just keep to keep reminding ourselves throughout this Masechta what type of Chiddush we have over here. We try to explain a little bit of the reasoning of the Chiddush last week. Now getting, uh, before we get back into the Gemara, the question that came to me which is a very, very important question, of what happens today. Nothing here seems to be going on in our lives today that would exclude a situation of a yibum. So again, the situation of Ruvain, poor Ruvain, who keeps passing away, Ruvain dies. He is married to, we'll call her Sarah. Shimon and Ruvain and Sarah do not have children. Ruvain does not have children. Let's keep it there. And Shimon now wants to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Yibam. Sarah as well, whether it's actually her chiyav or she plays a role in the chiyav, she gets a kiyam. But either way, Mazel Tov. Remember last week, she's the, the relationship, it's a Zika relationship. 
He's the Yavam, she's the Yavama, and Mazel Tov. But we don't seem to have this situation taking place, Bizman Hazeh. When I was a student in Yeshiva University in the Smicha program, one of my teachers for Evan Ezer, which is the area of Halacha that we're discussing now, was Rav Melech Shechter, Rav Melech Shechter, the Zechitzadik Levracha, the father of Herschel Shechter, happened to have been my mother's Rav in the Bronx, great historian, tremendous Talmud Chacham, and he taught for many years in the Smicha program, Hilchas Havelis, Hilchas Taras HaMeshpacha, Nidai took both with him, and then there was an elective where some of these halachas were discussed, Hilchos Evan HaEzer. In fact, I had to do a paper for it on Birchas Eresen that I believe Rav Schechter graded. So coming back, we were invited to participate in a chalitza where a woman took what would have been her yavam. It was her brother-in-law and did the whole thing that we're going to learn in this Masechta with the shoe. So what's going on? Why didn't she just marry the guy? So we will see in this sugya that no one's going to be coerced over here into the marriage. As we pointed out last week, although technically the relationship is confirmed, solidified, only through a maizabiyah, unlike typical marriage that requires kiddushin, Chazal added a layer, it's not optional, called ma'amar, which is kind of parallel to the kiddushin. So it could be they didn't want to get married to each other, so they ended up in this situation, I don't remember the exact case, having a chalitza. But that's actually not the facts. Can't be the facts. If you look in Evan Ezer, Kuf Samachay, right in the very first sif. So we have an interesting machlokas between the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, which is not atypical. Right? We have the Shulchan Aruch of Yosef Cairo with a gloss of the Ramah. And all of this is based on a Gemara that we will get to. Very important in this Masechta, but I'm just reacting to what some of you pointed out, is Avashal. Avashal is of the opinion, the great Tana, that you're not going to have Bizman Hazer Yibum because of the possibility that the parties involved are not doing this L'Shem Mitzvah. And since it's not L'Shem Mitzvah, it's Karav L'Mam Zeris, an incredible formulation, which means the only way we're going to allow this Arroyos, or what would have been an Arroyos situation of Eshesach, is if there's pure sincerity. But maybe the man is doing it because this woman is beautiful, or for some other reason. They're attracted to each other. Maybe there's a financial incentive involved. In that situation, according to Abba Shol, the great Tana, there is no Yibam. And you would be pushed into doing Chalitza lechatchila. It's not wiped out, but you would do Chalitza lechatchila. When you look into the Shulchan Aruch, he brings down both opinions, the view of Abishol as well as, well as what seems to be the majority view, that you are allowed, encouraged to do Yibam, and only if they're not interested, you end up doing Chalitza. When it ends up getting to the Ramah, the Ramah, the Ashkenazic uh, great Posek, says, 
we do chalitza today, which means he's not getting involved in a machlokas. The winning opinion is the view of Abishol. When you look into the Rambam, in the very first halacha, he discusses these different perspectives. I'm not going to have a chance to look into the Rambam right now, but I wanted to show you this live issue, whether Yibum wins the day or whether Chalitza wins the day, which is our approach today. Is it possible that not everyone agrees in a, in a Yibum situation where both were totally, sincerely interested? So that could be. We'll have an opportunity to discuss this later. The only time this would ever be relevant, of course, and I'm going to get you into another halacha now, in Evan Ezra, in the very first halacha, the only time today we would even introduce the possibility of <coughs> evaluating the sincerity of both sides. And there's a lot of discussion. I'm doing it very quickly today because so many of you asked me, would be a situation where Shimon is unmarried. What I mean here is the following. Let's go through the case. When I learn Yibam, these halachas, especially the first time, my notebook is filled with charts. You could find some of the charts in Art Scroll. Some of you may have the Masifta Gemara. I don't remember it, so I keep repeating it to myself. I'm always drawing the Ashes Ach chart. So Ruvain's married to Sarah. As a brother Shimon, Ruvain again passes away. If Shimon had another wife, we'll call her Rivka, I may not say consistent throughout the Masechta, he still has the obligation of Yibum with poor Sarah. Because you know that according to Torah law, a man is allowed to have more than one wife. It's only because of the Takana of Rabbeinu Gershom, who said that it's prohibited to have more than one wife. And where the Sephardim fit into this, there's a lot to say as well. But let's assume in our community, and even in Israel, the law is a prohibition of polygamy, a person would not be able to have a yibum situation where that would lead to having a second wife. And that is the exact halachic status of the relationship. Even though it's not the same relationship in development as a Kiddush and Nesuan relationship, but the at the end of the day, it's an Ashish. At the end of the day, they are married. So for us, as Ashkenazim, there's not even a question that you would be pushed right into the Chalitza. Now, it's an interesting question. Would you even require Chalitza if Yibum is irrelevant, right? We don't require Chalitza when it comes to the other Arayas. So I'm not going through all the technical details. This is actually addressed in the very first simon of Evan Ezer in the Shulchan Aruch and in the Ramah, and there's so much to say about it. But again, we take the view that we are not going to have Yibum today. Maybe one could come up with an exception where the principle of Abishol is going to be superseded. Not that I'm aware of, and we'll see as we get later in the Masechta, I may show you some other possibilities that are out there. And... Of course, we don't allow a situation of having two wives, so this would be totally irrelevant in a situation where the brother-in-law is married. But as we will see in this Masech, then we get further into it, is there a requirement for Chalitza where, at least on a Durabanan level, Yibum is irrelevant? We've already established that when Yibum is irrelevant on a Torah level, because it's one of the Arayos, 
then obviously there would be no need for chalitza. This is all trying to set us up, and I think this long-winded introduction from today as well as yesterday will make it easier for the Masechta. And today we also gave you an introduction to Ase Docha Los Ase. I would be remiss if in discussing the topic of Ase Docha Los Ase, that a positive mitzvah at times supersedes a Los Ase, I would be remiss in not mentioning an incredible Ramban. Now, I actually mentioned this Ramban in the 10 for 10 Aseris Hadibroshir last week, where the Ramban tells us that when the Aseris Hadibros are mentioned for the first time in Parshas Yisro, Shabbos is introduced with Zohar, Zohar representing the positive mitzvos. It's only we get, when we get to Parshas Veschanan that we have Shomor representing the Los Ases. And what Ramban tells us that it's true in the world of judgment, one is going to get punished more for violating something than for not doing something, which means a losase is going to have a harsher punishment than not doing a mitzvah. There may be one exception, but we're not going to go there now. But that doesn't mean that a losase is more important than an ase. It's so counterintuitive. And the Ramban says the proof that an ase is more important then a los ase is our sugya. Ase docha los ase. Because in a relationship, whether it's a relationship with Hashem, and I would say it's true in a relationship with another, we at times need to have restrictions. We have HSS, we have other such categories, the Birchas Eresen, which tells us that there's certain prohibitions that exist, but the goal is to be married, to develop the strong relationship. And the Ramban says, this is what's happening with all assays and los assays. The assays are the anchor for developing our relationship with Hashem. So I think why that's important in this context, because even though technically Yibum is not defeating, is not defeating the prohibition of Arayas, because but let's not ignore the fact that it's a mitzvah assay. In the context of today's shir, it's a mitzvah assay that does bind us to someone else, and we explained some of that philosophy last week, not only to the sister-in-law, but to our brother who passed away. But especially, as we learned from Abishol, it's L'Shem Mitzvah. Doing something L'Shem Mitzvah purely out of our devotion to Hashem. That's Ahava. That's the love. What we don't do is obviously important as well, but that's coming from Yira, from fear. So hopefully I set you up a little bit. We didn't get so much today into the details of the Gemara. I encourage you to continue to do so. And Bezrat Hashem, we should keep learning Yavamas together.